Super Talk Mississippi media production. What's the key to discovering delectable dining? Find something that sizzles. A time-tested favorite. A feast for your eyes and palate. And a dining experience handled with care. In Vicksburg, the key to the South. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Thursday morning. I hadn't think about that one. Thank you for joining us here at Super Talk Mississippi at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way. The trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Dublin. What? What? There's a Dublin? Dublin, Mississippi. Guess the county. Uh, I mean, the, yesterday I was I had no clue. I mean, where are we at? We're uh, kind of... Uh, I'm I'm trying to like is it is it central or is it north cent it's more it's more northwest Mississippi like Delta yeah in the yeah, in that area yeah Lafleur no Cahoma Cahoma yeah wow yeah Dublin Mississippi there you go I like it learn something every day the Dublin Mississippi they'd want an Irish coffee. That's right. There you go. A little, little something extra. A little in there. something. A, a little top of the morning to you. <laughs> All right. Well, wherever you are in our fine state, if you're looking for coffee, if you want Strange Brew Coffee, if you want it every morning, you got to order it online to be shipped right to your door. StrangeBrewCoffeeHouse.com. They'll bring it right to you. Whatever kind of coffee machines on the counter, they got you covered at Strange Brew Coffee House. College Corner and CollegeCornerStore.com. That's the place to fly to find to find maroon and white merchandise that you're not going to find just anywhere else. You can only find it at College Corner. Only they have the biggest and best selection in Central Mississippi. Two locations to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Florida by the Half Shell. And you can shop online at CollegeCornerStore.com. Humble Taco, Starville's newest. Well, maybe not the newest anymore, but it's certainly the best. The best Mexican restaurant in town. Because it's the most unique Mexican restaurant in town. Everywhere else you go, from here to there and everywhere in between, that's the same menu. The numbers might be different on the menu. What's 43 at one might be 32 at another. But the food's all the same. It's not different unless you're going to Humble Taco. Then you're getting Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. You're getting some great stuff that you can't get out. You cannot get anywhere else. It's only at Humble Taco. You need to go check them out on University Drive. Sit on the patio when the weather's nice. Can't be beat. Don't forget it's first responder month at Firehouse Subs. So when you go there this month only, you can make a donation of up to $25 to the Firehouse Subs. I'm sorry. Lost, I lost track of where the, the name of the charity. Let me, uh, let me get that back. The Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation, my apologies, which provides life-saving grants for equipment and training to first responder organizations across the country, including in our state alone, over $800,000. And then when you go buy Firehouse Subs, maybe I suggest the new Prime Rib Sub. So let's get this straight. You're going to get a sandwich with Prime Rib on it at a great cost. You're going to get reward points when you use the app, and you can give back to the community. It's something we like to call the win-win-win. It's only at Firehouse Subs. Location, Starville, Oxford, Columbus, Tupelo, Flowood, and Madison. Hey, Robbie Falk. Hey, Brian. Hey, Deb. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm just fine. <clears throat> I just been. I just uh, topped off uh, some taquitos and some uh, guacamole chips. I'm ready to roll. There you go. 
Well, let's jive. Let's dive. I was going to try to come up with jump or dive, and we we ended up jiving. Jive talking. (laughs) Stuart, as I speak jive. Uh, (laughs) Let's start with with this game. What a classic. It's great. All indications now from from Wednesday's teleconference is that Will Lewis is expected to play. But I think you and I both know that there's no chance in hell of him being 100% of being the guy that, you know, preseason was a top 10 draft choice. He might still very well be a top 10 draft choice. I, I can't make heads or tails of his draft status. But what I will say is this. What he is not is the kind of quarterback that has bothered Mississippi State this year. Two quarterbacks have given State real trouble, and that's Malik Hornsby last week and Jaden Daniels against LSU. Agile, mobile quarterbacks. Even if Levis is not a terrible athlete, and he's one of those guys that's difficult to bring down in the pocket, but he's not a runner by any stretch of the imagination. Everything we've been saying this week about the the matchup between Kentucky's offensive line and Mississippi State's defensive line, it it doesn't change with Will Levis showing up. If anything, I I would be concerned if I was a Kentucky fan of the amount of pressure he's likely to see on Saturday night. Yeah, I think it's going to be a bunch. We saw it last year in this ballgame against Kentucky. Zach Arnett said, "I, I don't think this guy can beat us, and he absolutely couldn't. They put a lot of pressure on him, and he, quite frankly, made some bad passes, made some mistakes. I think that's exactly what you're going to see in this game as well. Ole Miss did the same thing against him, and I thought that he was just okay at times. Uh, there was nothing that really stood out uh, by what he did. And but at the end of the game, you know, they pressured him to the point where he was making mistakes and fumbling the football. So that's what you do. That's the game plan in this game. Kentucky has not been uh, a scary offense to this point this year. I think their defense has been solid. I like what they do defensively. I think they can do some things that's going to trouble Will Rogers. But I think State's defense is going to do the same thing. Um, Just looking back at last season, 17 of 28, 150 yards, three interceptions for Will Levis. So that, that shows you his completions were not big plays. And also, he was making some big mistakes as well. And then their rushing attack had 20 carries for 66 yards. So, in the two games so far that Zach Arnett has coached against Kentucky, it's been pretty good Mm -hmm. for State's defense. We'll see if that continues. I don't see a whole lot. I haven't seen a whole lot from Kentucky that suggests that it won't. Let me ask you this. Maybe they'll prove us both wrong, but I I just don't know. I'm going to ask you this, and we have an interview coming up in just a few minutes with John Hale from the Lexington Herald leader, but I asked him this. I want to get your thoughts, too. Do you feel like the Ole Miss loss just kind of really took the wind out of Kentucky sales? That that was kind of a, a gut punch loss. You have the winning touchdown taken off the board in the final seconds, and then the next play, you turn it over. That's a that's, – I mean, they, and a game where you can really point to a dozen plays where if one of them is different, Kentucky probably wins the football game. That's, that's a real deflator. And do you think that that, that – I think, do you think basically what I guess I'm asking is, do you think Ole Miss beat them twice by the leading to last week? And even without Levis, Kentucky should have been able to beat South Carolina. Yeah. 14 points against South Carolina. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard not to see it that way because you take a team that so far this year had not really faced a whole lot of adversity. They played a really poor schedule for the most part in the first four games. They went to Florida, beat Florida, but Florida's not very good. Let's just be honest. Um, so that was the only game that they played against somebody with a pulse. And for the first time, they were in a tough environment. They were faced in, with a tough situation. And if you've hyped up Will Levis to be this first-round draft pick, that's this incredible um, leader, and you know he's a, he's a senior quarterback, he's been around for a while now, he shouldn't go into that situation and have those plays play out the way that they did. So, um, you know, having that happen, seeing your quarterback uh, struggle the way that he did down the stretch in that game, I think it absolutely deflated that team to the point last week they lost to a a very mediocre South Carolina team. And that, I mean, for Mississippi State, you're playing really well at this point. You should come into this ball game with the mindset that you're going to be a shark in the water that just 
that just got a hint of blood go up your nose. I mean, state's got state can't come in there and play passive. I think. I think you need to be aggressive in this Agreed. ball game. I think you need to come into this game on both sides of the ball with no fear. I don't think you should play it safe on either side of the ball. I think you need to come into the game and be the aggressor. And if you start knocking Kentucky down a few notches in that first half, I think we're going to see exactly what we saw the last two weeks. I think you're going to see a team start to kind of crumble a little bit. It's kind of interesting how much this this series is has been dependent on the home team, basically since, what, 20, uh, 2014. So that was the last time the road team won in this series. Mississippi State, the newly crowned number one at that time, went to Kentucky and won. Since then, it's only been the home team that wins. I wonder what the crowd will be like coming off of two straight losses, coming off of, I mean, there's no other way to put it, a bad loss last weekend. And, uh, you know, when you have a season that, you know, I mean, they were in the top 10. They were ranked yeah. in the top 10. And that's been taken away from you. And you still have games remaining, not only with Mississippi State, but with Tennessee and Georgia. I mean, you, you kind of get the feeling you're losing at least four, maybe five games this year in a season where you thought maybe you could contend with the East. What do you think it's going to be like atmosphere-wise? The night game certainly helps. Yeah, but, I mean, it can't be better than it was last week, can it? You've lost now two straight games, and this is the same exact same exact time. I mean, I guess it could be, considering you're playing a, a ranked team this week, but I would think it would be a little more diminished. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but, you know, for State, I mean, you've played in, in better atmospheres. You, this shouldn't – that stuff shouldn't bother this team anymore. That shouldn't be something that that hurts this team because they're. This is a veteran team that's been in some tough atmospheres in the last three years. That shouldn't be an excuse. Uh, th- this should be a game that Mississippi State can win. But I mean, to your point, the last the last few times there, State has not played well at all. Yeah. So th- th- if they come in and play this game well, that would be bucking a trend. 14 yeah. didn't play well against a, a a bad Kentucky team. Yeah. Got the win. 16 16 struggled, lost. Mm-hmm. 18 played awful, 20 mm-hmm. played awful. I yeah. think these two teams are better than those two teams offensively yeah. and from a mindset perspective. But you still had the number one off defense in the country in 18 in there. That, so the la- when you think about it like that, Robbie, the last two trips to Lexington state scored 9 points. They yeah. played maybe the best the worst two games I think you could easily make a case that in 18 and in uh, 20, the worst game of the season was at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Offense so, I mean, was offense was just pathetic. And, and, and State was State was still, as bad as they were, going into the fourth quarter, they still had chances in those games okay. to win those games. I think, they yep. tur- I think they turned the ball over like a combined eight times in those two games, maybe more. I'd have to go back and look. At least, at least, because they had six for sure in 20. There's six picks. Then it's more because I, I think Fitzgerald threw like three against Kentucky that year. I mean, it was that was the everybody remembers that game was a game where the state could not block Josh Allen. Moorhead refused to give any help to to to. I guess it was been Greg Island. Greg Island. Yep. I mean, he was on an island that game, and Josh Allen just abused him. And despite the fact that it was raining most of the game, state just refused to run the football. You know, with Kylan Hill and Nick Fitzgerald, and you end up losing twenty-eight to seven. To I mean, that was and a this good, is thing. They're good. Yeah, and th- and this defense will do some of those same things. They're going to disrupt Will Rogers. It's this is a top five defense in the league. Yeah. Uh, so this is this isn't going to be a cakewalk for Mississippi State's offense, but their defense should be able to get off the field consistently. They should be able to possibly force some turnovers, and this offense is significantly better than it was in 2020. So you have to expect that you're going to come into this game and play as well as you have there in the past decade. We'll talk about an X-Factor player tomorrow, but what's something that we're not talking about just yet that, that could be a key for you in this game? Uh, something Other that than we're missing not talking point, about. You know? um, uh, d- to me, it's the turnovers. Uh, we, we talked about it just a little bit, but the turnovers on offense – is is what's basically kept Kentucky in these ball games at Kentucky the last few times. Mississippi State not executing on offense. That's that's what's going to hurt Mississippi State, and that's basically against everybody, not Bama and Georgia. I think that could be the only thing that that keeps Mississippi State from winning 
the rest of the games on their schedule. Is if the, if they don't come out and execute how they should, if they don't come out and take care of the football, they don't come out and make extra points and make field goals, then they can lose. But otherwise, if Mississippi State is playing its game, this team is good enough to beat everybody else on the schedule for sure outside of Bama and Georgia. And even one of those two teams, they could be good enough to beat them if, they're, if they play their A game. So, uh, to me, that's what it is. It's executing at a very high level in offense, which they've done a really good job of this year with the exception of that LSU game. I, I don't think there's much that you can complain about on the offensive side of the ball at this point. Uh, State has been really good in, in the first quarter. They've been really good at scripting together their game plan and not really deviating from it and having bad plays happen. They've, they've been very consistent on drives. You're not seeing these long – quarters and halves where you're not doing anything on offense they've been able to score pretty consistently so I I think if they continue to do what they've done which this is just the you know second SEC road game and the first one wasn't so good so I mean if it looks like that LSU game we're talking about a different story but if they do what they've done in these these home games the last few weeks they'll be fine I agree I agree all right, let's get the uh, the perspective from the other side. Let's talk to John Hale. He's been on the podcast many times before. Covers the uh, Wildcats for the Lexington Herald Leader. Let's go now to John Hale. So joining me now on the podcast, one of our old friends, John Hale, now with the Lexington Herald Leader up there in Kentucky. He's been covering the Wildcats a long time. Been a multiple-time guest here on the podcast. We will not bring up the struggles of Liverpool, I promise. It was bad. Beyond this one thing that I just brought up. Other than that, though. We won't. We won't bring it up. Um, I guess we'll just cut right to the chase and, and ask you to give us as much of a status update on Will Levis as you possibly can. Yeah, I think he's going to play this week. Is my gut? Um, we've been told he was back at practice. Uh, we saw him yesterday. That we have to stand outside their practice field waiting for interviews afterwards. But you can kind of see through the bars at times. He was definitely practicing, so that is not a ruse. He was not wearing his walking boot anymore, which he was wearing all of last week. Rich Skangarell, the offensive coordinator, after Tuesday practice, said that he was trending in the direction they wanted him to trend, but still day to day. So I, I think he's going to play. Uh, I don't think it's a final decision yet, but it seems like all indications so far is he'll probably be out there. How effective he is, if he's limited at all, that I don't know. That, that's really the, the next question is, how good can Kentucky be with a limited Will Levis? Well, probably better than they were without him at all last yeah. week. I mean, clearly the offense was just you know completely inept, basically, with a backup quarterback who had never thrown a, a pass in a college game before Saturday. They went real conservative, especially after the first play against South Carolina. They tried to reverse to get the ball to Barry and Brown in space. It got blown up. They fumbled on the two-yard line uh, on the next play. So from that point on, they just went very vanilla to try and stay in the game, which worked for the most part. But then when they got behind in the fourth quarter and you had to play catch-up, they just were not capable of doing that. So I think a limited Will Levis is definitely better than what we saw last week. Um, I assume that he probably gets some sort of cortisone shot in his foot or something if he needs it to play through um, on Saturday. So I, I think if he's available to go, um, you're, you're pretty confident that he can give you close to what he normally is. The problem is they have not been very good protecting the quarterback all year. So if he takes another hit, if he takes an- gets sacked a few more times, is there a concern about you know the injury getting worse? And, and that is something that we'll just have to wait and see. You know, when I think about Kentucky over this great stretch that Stoops has had up there and and those teams, being physical up front and having a really good offensive line is one of the first things I think about. And this year's offensive line, there's no getting around it. They're just bad. They have not played well this year. They haven't protected the quarterback. Kentucky can't run the ball. They're behind Mississippi State in rushing yards this year uh, for, for, you know, per game average. State's an air raid team. Why is this offensive line all of a sudden so bad? Yeah, there's a few things at work. The rushing numbers in their defense, have gotten better the last two weeks since Chris Rodriguez came back from his four-game suspension. So that that part of it has at least shown some improvement. In terms of why they haven't been very good overall, though, um, I think you can start to look at they've had three different offensive line coaches in three years. Obviously, John Schlarman, the guy who built this success in the offensive line, built the big blue walls they like to call themselves, died two years ago after a, a prolonged battle with cancer. That did not help things by any means in terms of their momentum in that room. 
Um, Eric Wolford, who's now the offensive line coach at Alabama, was here last year. He left after the end of the year. That didn't help, I don't think. Uh, they needed to go out and find a guy in the transfer portal uh, to help it tackle the summer and just couldn't do it. Uh, Tyler Steen, the guy from Vanderbilt, was a real possibility, and then he went to Alabama with Eric Wolford. And so that didn't help. And then injuries have been a huge problem. I mean, they are already starting five new guys at different positions than a year ago. Two of them were starters for them, but um, Kenneth Horsey was playing left guard. Now he's playing left tackle. And Eli Cox was playing right guard, and now he's playing center. And then your other three spots in the line are all new guys. Take that, and then in camp, three of their projected starters were hurt various times, so they never got a lot of time to gel together. And they've started a different starting five, I think, in four of the six games so far because of injuries adding up during the season. So all of those things kind of combine together. And then you throw in they're their learning a new offense. Um, Rich Scangarello and Zach Yens are the offensive line coach who both came from the 49ers, are very insistent on running the wide zone as a part of it. And these guys, it's a new thing for them, a new blocking scheme. And so all of that has created this perfect storm to where they're just not very good right now. Mississippi State, obviously, you know, that's an air raid kind of offense. They're going to throw the ball a ton uh, basically every game. Kentucky's been pretty good against the pass this year. Uh, are, are they are they set up to, to to contain what Mississippi State likes to do offensively? Because I remember, you know, two years ago, they really sort of went with that drop, you know, drop eight rush three thing. And as we saw last week, Mississippi State seems to have figured uh, that particular system out a little bit. Yeah, it's, you look at the last two games between these two teams and – in 2020 when they played here and during the COVID year, arguably they did better against Mike Leach's offense than anybody ever. I think they, it might've been the only game that his teams have never scored in the game. I think the Mississippi state scored on on a safety. So it wasn't a shutout, but the offense didn't score any points, but I think the first time ever in his tenure. And so it looked like maybe they had figured it out. Then, Fast forward a year to last year when they play each other, and Will Rogers just picked them apart. I mean, he set what the SEC record for completion percentage in a game. He's thirty six to thirty nine or whatever he was last year, and they just could not tackle in open space. And so, if you're going to play that strategy, which to be honest is Kentucky's strategy most weeks on defense, they want to limit the big plays. They're okay with you dinking and dunking a little bit down the field, and uh, as long as they can keep you behind the sticks. Well, if you're going to do that, you got to tackle in space, and they just didn't do it last year. They were down several key defenders in that game. Injuries were a problem. Their secondary is better this year. Guys like Carrington Valentine, who came back at corner, are a year older and have made serious progress. They added several transfers to the secondary in the summer who are helping out there. But they're also coming off of their worst half defensively probably all season in the second half against South Carolina. So the confidence can't be super high at the moment right now. I mean, I think the potential is there to slow Mississippi State down. I think their defense is pretty good overall, but you got to tackle in space, and that was a problem at times in the second half against South Carolina. So you got to go out there and prove it. You kind of hit on on what my next question was going to be. You, the Ole Miss game, you have the winning touchdown, you know, washed away by by a penalty, and then you have the turnover. You come home and you, and you lose that game to South Carolina in the fashion that you lost it. You know this game has been dominated by the home team since 2016. The, the road team has not been able to get a win. What's the crowd going to be like up there in Lexington this week? Are they are they still fired up for this team? Still excited, or are you, are you concerned that people are going to start to stay away? I think this week it'll still be pretty good. I mean, there's no doubt that there's frustration based on the way the last two weeks have gone. And there was all this preseason hype about contending in the East and going to a New Year's Six Bowl game. And theoretically, those things are still possible, but it would require the kind of immediate turnaround that just the way they've been playing the last two weeks doesn't suggest they're capable of right now. But, you know, it's still October in Lexington, which means Keeneland is going and you can do the double or you go to Keeneland during the day and then come to the night game and – that's going to get people out. It's going to be a decent crowd for that reason alone. The weather hopefully will be okay, although I think there's maybe a forecast of rain that could affect things. But in general, I think they will get this week to kind of go out and prove that, you know, playing without Levis was a fluke and the old Miss game, you're one play away from winning anyway. I think fans will give them this week. But if they lose Saturday to Mississippi State and then you have an off week and then basketball season starts and then you're at Tennessee and – you don't like your chances in that game. By the time they play at home again, I think definitely people could have checked out by that point. 
Did the Ole Miss game, did you feel like it, it kind of let the air out of the balloon for Kentucky? Did you expect more bounce back last week than you saw? Yes, for sure. I mean, I think you would hope for that at least, but this has been a problem for them, frankly, for most of Stoops' tenure, that every season they've lost back-to-back games at least once. We saw this in 2018 where they went, they, they hosted Georgia for a winner-take-all game for the SEC East, lost that game at home, then the next week went and posted their worst performance of the season against a bad Tennessee team and lost to Knoxville. Last year, they're 6-0, and playing Georgia on college game day. They lose that game, come out the next week, play really bad against Mississippi State, come out the next week, play really bad against Tennessee, and it's suddenly a three-game losing streak. So they have tended to let these things spiral I thought they were maybe beyond that because of the way the Ole Miss game happened, that they were so close. And it wasn't like those Georgia games where this big talent gap was exposed. They shot themselves in the foot against Ole Miss. Otherwise, they would have won that game. So I thought they were going to go out and prove that. Will Levis gets hurt, can't practice. I assume that had something to do with kind of the energy levels and and the way that game just looked so lackluster in their performance against South Carolina. Maybe they felt like, one too many things to overcome after Levis went down. I don't know. Uh, but um, I thought they would be better, and, and there's really no excuse for not playing better around their backup quarterback than they did last week. We asked this question to whoever we talk to when we do these weekly interviews with uh, with the opposing team. Uh, we, we do a thing every Friday where we, we pick our, our players of the game and we pick an X factor, a guy who we, we say is not going to be the offensive or defensive player of the game, but could make a play or two in the game that really makes a, a big impact. Who's that guy for Kentucky this week? It's a good question. I I think I'd look at Deion Walker, who's their uh, their freshman defensive tackle. He's really really good right now. I think there's an argument that three years from now he might be an even better NFL draft prospect than Will Levis is at the moment. Like he's that talented. I mean, he's huge. He's six eight. 330 or something like that is what they list him on the roster. And so, like, he has this ability to get in the backfield, and he's not got a bunch of sacks or anything so far, but he's really hard to block. And if Kentucky's defense is going to play, you know, if they're going to slow Mississippi State at at all, I think they've got to be in the backfield with their just their front three and maybe an extra guy rushing at times. They're not going to bring a bunch of exotic blitzes. So he's a guy that could, I think, affect – the way that the time that Will Rogers has to throw, and if they're doing that, I feel much better about their chances of uh, of of coming out with the win. Intriguing game in Lexington uh, this Saturday night between Mississippi State and Kentucky, which it has been basically the past four or five years. This series has been ultra competitive, and the winner goes on to a, a great season, and the loser sometimes has to find their way. So we'll see what happens up there uh, Saturday night. John, I always appreciate your time, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to John for his time. Always appreciate that whenever we can get somebody on. And he had a lot of similar thoughts to you, Robbie, a lot of similar thoughts to what we've been saying. But at the same time, you know, Kentucky is still a dangerous team. This is a team, I mean, they were ranked in the top 10. They have a quarterback that people think is going to be a high draft choice. We know that Chris Rodriguez is a good back. This crowd, the atmosphere is going to be, I think I agree with what you said and what John said. I think it's going to be a good atmosphere. I, I, I just... We, you and I both said early, you know, during the summer, we thought this was a game Mississippi State would get let get away from them. The potential for that is still there if State doesn't play well. This is not a game where State can just show up, get up off the bus, and walk out with a win. This is a this is a good football team. They're just not playing well now. The last thing you want, I agree with what you said about starting fast. The last thing you want to do with a team like that is give them any kind of spark, any kind of hope. You need to crush them out pretty early. Agree and. My thoughts have not changed on this game in the sense that, you know, this is a game that's going to be very difficult for Mississippi State. But my prediction has changed, and I'll go into that on uh, on Friday's show. Yeah. I, I think Mississippi State has gotten to the point now where you should expect to win these kind of games, these games that we call toss-up games coming into the season that we might have given to the, the away team at the time. Those games now you need to win. You got a veteran team. You're in year three under Mike Leach. You've shown that you can move the football against any kind of defense this year. You've shown that you can make some big plays on defense. It's time to win those games and not don't have any of these letdown games that Mike Leach has had. And, you know, you can call that LSU game that, but at the same time, it, that's been a very difficult uh, speed bump for Mississippi State to get over mm-hmm. in the last 30 years or whatever, and even beyond that. We've talked so, uh, about this, but 
the idea of the, of the way the season playing out could create a game you're not supposed to lose, it has. This is yeah. this is one state is favored to win. They're playing better than Kentucky. This is a game Mississippi State should win. So the dreaded Mike Leach, I don't, I curse is a strong word, but whatever you want to call it, it, it's 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 in the air this this week. No sure, no doubt about it. Your hope should be that the LSU game was that game right. you were supposed to win. Right. I mean, as strange as that, as that sounds, I mean, I I don't think I've ever felt really really good about Mississippi State upsetting LSU right. and and their own. But stadium. as we've gotten so, away from it, you see what LSU kind of is. You right. Feel like State should have won that game. So hopefully that is your right. inexcusable Mike Leach game of the year because and the rest of the schedule can be really good. Hopefully, you still have the Mike Leach wins the game he's not supposed to win right. coming up at some point. So we'll see. Right. We'll see if that happens. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. When you are looking to cook out this weekend and the weather will be fantastic for doing just that, it's time to fire up the grill, and nothing beats the sizzle of beef on the grill. Grab some steaks. I think I might do steaks this weekend, Robbie. I might, I might. I might do that. I know. I don't know if that's a bad idea or not. That's a good idea. I've talked myself into it. Steaks, it is. But steaks, burgers, or of course, if you're staying inside, a big pot of chili for the cold nights. It's all better with beef. So head to your butcher, head to your grocery stores, and tell them you want to get beef. Beef. It's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends in Mississippi Beef Council. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. That's a great place to watch college football this weekend and any weekend. Plenty of big screen TVs, great atmosphere, and of course you can order some fantastic food. Nothing goes better with football than a big plate of two brothers smoked wings. Maybe a couple of barbecue tacos. Maybe some pork rind. Not in fact, order it all. Just, just, just get a little just bit of everything. Effort. Yeah, just yeah. splurge. So there's this, there's this thing. This is these videos I've seen, Robbie. Where these guys, they go to restaurants and they eat one bite of everything on the menu. Just and they sort of get the whole menu, right? But they only take one bite. So I suggest we do an offshoot of that where we get everything on the menu and Super Talk will pay for it. And but we don't have we can eat as many bites as we like. I say we don't want yeah, I would have a problem with taking one bite. This is if I really like Especially it, like I'm gonna try I'm gonna want to finish it. Like some of them are like they're taking like a bite of chip and dip. Like so they get one dip, take a bite, and that's all they can do. Like I can't, I could never nah. control myself like that. So we we're gonna go another way. I'll, I'll get the expense forms done up for us. Okay, we'll I'm sure Super. I'm sure Super Talk will sign off on that. Like how much did he spend? Three thousand dollars at Two Brothers. What? We added up the menu. It's not even. We, we it's inflation. Four. What did you people expect? Look, this is Joe Biden's America, people. What do you want? <laughs> I don't even. I'm not even going there, but I'll go there to defend our bill. All right. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the cotton district. Great products, great service. Every business promises it. Advantage Business Systems delivers it. And here's how you know they're telling that the truth when they say that. They've been open for 47 years. You can't stay in business that long unless you take care of your customers. So when you need something for your business, you need a new copy or a new printer, new laptops for your employees, call Advantage Business Systems. And when those devices need service, you call Advantage Business Systems. And you're not talking to a call center around the world. You're not talking to an out-of-state technician who can be there in a week, 10 days. You're talking to somebody here in this state that wants to take care of you a lot of times the exact same day that you called. That's the difference between being a neighbor and being a number. Call Advantage Business Systems at 601-362-9192 or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. We're not going to do an ad read for the road today. Because we're going to have a whole discussion here. We're, we are going to have a discussion. Mississippi State unveiled the, the iciest of uniforms on, uh, on Wednesday that they'll be wearing this weekend in Kentucky. All whites, nothing new there, but the unveiling of the script state helmet, which is fantastic. I don't like white helmets. I've made that clear through the years. I've never been a big fan. They remind me of the Croom era. <laughs> But I like these. And if you like that logo, that Script State logo, I guess I'll go ahead and make the plug now, you can get Script State polos at the Rogue. Again, these are the logos you guys want that you've asked for. They're available at the Rogue. Therogue.com, shop the Rogue in Jackson. They tweeted out a picture of a couple of their polos. They're awesome. And you, if you want to match this, this, the look, you go buy a polo at the Rogue. 
But once again, we have pulled the Band-Aid off the wound that is the Banner M. And, Robbie, you've been busy today on Twitter uh, getting into it with some folks. I, I, I give Mississippi State some credit here. They're obviously listening to their fans. They're, they may be listening to a particular subset of fans on a message board who have done nothing but stack up wins since they came into existence. But regardless of that, you can you can tell that the fans, the voice of the fans is being heard at Mississippi State. I give them a ton of credit for that. But it only makes it worse when they just go back to the banner rim the next week. Yeah. The, the, the time has come for the discussion to be had about Mississippi State making an overall image change, a branding change, whatever it is, to get away from the banner rim, which at the end of the day is just unpopular. It is. And it, okay, I've had this conversation with people inside the athletic department for years about this logo. And what I'm always told is, well, we're trying to create this brand that people recognize because there's been so many different logos over time. Nobody recognizes the, the Mississippi State brand. I completely understand that line of thinking. But whenever you put out the banner M in its current state, who's, who's overly excited about that, both nationally and regionally? And at Mississippi State, just having something that's been there for a long time, in my opinion, does nothing for your brand. Right. If we're being told over and over again, which we have, Mississippi State's got to be doing something different. They got to they got to do different things to be relevant in this current landscape of sports. Mm-hmm. Why would you subject yourself to that logo when you have so many other good opportunities to present your brand? In a different in a different way, it doesn't have you don't have to be stuck with that one brand just because you're trying to brand. Why not be the school that has cool logos? I will say this. I'll say a few things. Actually, one, I think the M, the banner M is a fantastic logo for the university. I've, I was going to say the same thing in terms of a- academics as a letterhead. I have no issue with it whatsoever. It just doesn't look good on a football helmet. Yeah, that's what we're talking about here. We're not talking about getting rid of the Banner M as a whole with the university and all that. We're just talking about what's going on a helmet. Two, I feel like the people who defend the Banner M feel like we are attacking them personally sometimes. Yeah. It's like we're talking about a logo here. We're not not talking about you. No, and here's my thing on it. The reason people are so passionate about this and the reason that I I continue to – to bring up these things myself and you do the same thing, mm-hmm. you want Mississippi State to be as good as it can possibly mm-hmm. be. Best in class. Today, we're seeing SEC, we're seeing ESPN, mm-hmm. we're seeing everybody tweet about these helmets. Right. So if you're telling me you would like for Mississippi State to be more noticed by ESPN, stop screwing up Mississippi State and Ole Miss and all this stuff, then this is the best possible way to be noticed by ESPN. Mm-hmm. And secondly, your goal shouldn't be to be noticed by ESPN. You should be trying to appeal to as many people as possible in this fan base to sell season tickets, to get money for the Bulldog Initiative, to get money for the Bulldog Club. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that, that you are in the foxhole with. I realize ESPN's giving you the money, but you're going to get that money regardless. You're not getting the money because your logo is recognizable. See what I'm saying? Yeah. If you and and again, to Mississippi State's credit, they have really listened to the fans and what the fans want. Yeah. Let's take it a step further. Yeah. Let's start. Let's start. Let's stop just putting this on the helmet one game mm-hmm. and throw it in the trash can. Right. People want to see this stuff. Yeah. And people nationally are going to recognize you. I promise much more with something like that on your helmet than the current logo. Thirdly, I, I've, th- I've thought about this a little bit, but today or seeing the, those helmets and, and seeing some of the comments, I've decided Mississippi State should go all in on, uh, if you want to do branding, branding yourself as state. Especially here in the SEC. I, I, if you want to say, I think Michigan State gets more recognition as MSU than does Mississippi State. I think NC State tries to do a state thing, 
but I think everybody calls them NC State. Mississippi State could pull off just being known as state, especially here in the South, in the SEC footprint. You know, we talk about ESPN getting getting it wrong sometimes and putting Ole Miss. If you were just, if people were like that, if you see state, they would know that that's not Ole Miss. I think. And, I think. And, and why why do we say, oh, you can't do that, but we put the baseball team out there in, in uniforms that say state across the chest? Right. So I'm saying if you had a script state, or look, it doesn't have to be script be a block state on the 50 at center court. Now, baseball will leave alone. M over S, no need to take tinker with that. If you had the script state on the helmets, if you just said state across the jerseys, we say hail state as a cheer at Mississippi State. We don't and say by the way, Mississippi Brian, State or hail M state. It's just hail state. By the way, for the people that, well, we're trying to get this, this brand going by with the with the banner M, is Mississippi State M State? Well, not only Does that, anybody call them M State? They've been trying to do the banner M since 2007. If it hasn't taken as a national brand yet, it might not. I don't think it's going to at this point. You're free to start perusing other ideas after 15 years of trying something. After 15 yeah. years, if you don't consider you're know, like that brand works, people see that logo, they know that it's Mississippi State. Do Here, here's no, um, I mean, pe- people still get the logo mixed up. So, I mean, what, what's the point? I mean, I tweeted a picture if, to you if, of a of a like one of those house divided flags. Uh-huh. It's a banner M for Mississippi State and a banner M for Ole Miss, and the only difference is the colors. And guess what? Ole Miss ditched that logo. Yeah, because because Ole Miss is doing things that the fans like. Is is a powder blue one of Ole Miss's primary colors? It is not. No, it's, and I hate to bring Ole Miss into this because people are going to be saying, "Well, I mean, well, you're here in the state with us. Is, we might as well." But make this is a this is an example of doing something that people absolutely just were just slobbering over mm-hmm. to have. Mm-hmm. And you know, so far there's been a lot of things that people were people here that last year folks were saying were stupid. And now it's being done, and it actually looks really good. Mm-hmm. And it's things that should have been done, you know, a long time ago. So at this point, I go back to my original statement. John Cohen has said on many occasions, Mississippi State has to do things a little differently. It's of my opinion that Mississippi State should do things a little differently with their logo. Mm-hmm. This should be a team that that people start looking at and saying, "Gosh, they always have." some really cool uniforms. Right. They always have some really good ideas and because all these things have been around for a while and been used sporadically. And there's a reason people are clamoring for them because they look better than the primary and logo. The other side of that coin can be true about listening to the fans. Alabama fan, Alabama listens to its fans by changing nothing. Yeah. Alabama fans, they never remember a few years ago where Alabama, they did a, a chain. They did a different, a, a, a one-time uniform, and the only difference was the collar, instead of being white, was houndstooth. That yeah. was the only difference. Their fans revolted. Yeah. Absolutely despise it. Now, don't tell me that nationally, now maybe not in the state of Alabama, but nationally, different Alabama jerseys wouldn't fly off. If, they, if Alabama was like Oregon and rang up a different jersey every three games, they'd fly off the shelves nationally because Alabama is so good. But their fans don't want that, so they don't change anything. Mississippi yeah. State can be the opposite. Just look, I'm not saying you got to change every time the wind blows, but if you come up with a solid idea, it's great. And then 10 years later, if you come up with another solid idea, maybe it's worth the change. Mississippi State or Oregon, as good as their football program has been, it kind of started with them being different and being unique and having a different look than everybody else. That, that was a, a big part. of It's probably not a coincidence that Oregon football starts to get really good and Oregon football starts to play in unique uniforms. People like to make fun of the uniforms. This is not about you, Brian. Everybody, that, everybody that does that is someone that's completely out of touch with the, current, with the current student athletes the, and kids. The, I mean, the uniforms aren't for Brian Haydad. They're not for the 45-year-old. They're not for the, the, you know, the, the old guy who's buying season tickets. 
They're for players and recruits, and they like that stuff. And if they like that stuff, and you have to give it to them. It's like Bulldog Bash. Yeah. I don't have a clue who Surfaces is. Never heard of them before. Right. They're not trying to appeal to me. Right. They're trying to appeal but to that the people that are students of Mississippi State. For Bulldog yes. Bash. I don't, I I don't mean, know I who that is. There, it's not but about, yeah. It's not about us. Right. But here's the thing. This is about fans, too. If you put a regular Adidas Banner M shirt at the Rogue up against the state script, M over S, Flying M, what, what shirts are going to sell more? If all oh, those are available, yeah. do you think I, that I'm, the average person is going to pick the, the, state, the state script or are they going to pick the uh, Banner M? It's probably not close. It'll be the state script. I mean, you wait and, to see what happens when they put out in, in a year or so when they put out a, a special, uh, a certain logo out for people to buy. You wait to see what the you wait to see what the sales are like on that. Right. And Hunt, Hunt, I, I, uh, okay, I, I'm gonna have to reprimand Hunter Cloud as well on this tweet. He, oh my God, he thinks Hunter! The best logo ever was that one from like oh. Four oh five, the the Croom era banner Hunter, Hunter, come on, buddy, Hunter, no, no. If you're listening, Hunter, you, you've got to, Hunter, you've got to you've get got some to better help. glasses. We've got to help you. So we say all that to say this: cool new uniforms this weekend. <laughs> we'll see. I, you know what? Now you know what I want to see, though, right? The state on the chest. No, the maroon helmet like that. Ooh, ooh, we. I want to see that. I will say one other thing. I really wish they had held these for the Egg Bowl. Yeah, that would be all tight. White with the, with the unless they got something planned for that that we don't know about. Well, and then I mean, then you can really emphasize the state. State, state you ver- have a. When I talk about the Egg Bowl, I say state versus Ole Miss. Yep. And so, what's on Ole Miss's helmet? Ole Miss. What's on State's helmet? And we're in this discussion. State. State. Perfect. I mean, can you imagine? Like the the state script on the chest with these helmets too. Fantastic. Like the it, it's almost like that that Mississippi State banner is just a, a sore thumb. The jersey looks awesome. I love the color scheme, all white. I love the helmet, and then you have that massive Mississippi State in the middle of the chest. Yeah, like there's. That would be great. There's just so I mean, there, but this I mean, this is like the this is like the Mississippi way, like way back in in the day. You know, there's there's if you look back in time, there's so many things that this state could have done that's that's put it behind, yeah, uh, for years and years behind everybody else. And the same thing with Mississippi State, they were they were behind the times on some because they were being held back by a lot of things. That's that's how I still feel about some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. The city of Starkville, look at the stuff that, that you could do in the city of Starkville to make this place better. There are so many things out there that I feel like we are going to have to pressure to make happen. Yeah. I, I don't, I, it, I think change is coming. Yeah, really it will. Do. I mean, there's the pressure is going to be so high that it will. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you. I mean, people are demanding that this thing happen. <clears throat> and the people that don't care, the people that, that are, that don't care or can't understand that why people are acting this way, they're going to buy whatever you put out. That's those, true those too. The people, they will lap up anything that the university says. Lap if up tomorrow. The university said no more banner rim. They pulled everything off the shelf, and then everything was state script. Those people would buy state script and be like, they will buy." I it. always thought it was great. There, there is hardly anyone out there that is against this mm-hmm. that wouldn't be for it if it was Mississippi State's primary exactly. logo. The people do who are against it are the same people who say you can never question anything the university does. Yeah. So, so let's get this thing done. Let's we're we're going to keep. I, I'm fully. I, I think I'm. I think I'm an honorary member of the end zone eleven at this point, brother Robbie. But like, no, no. I said it earlier. But I said it when you first came on the show before the show, brother started. Nero. Brother Nero. I knew you'd come. <laughs> Wonderful. I've always considered myself DDP. I'm in the middle. I'm not. I'm not really. You know, if if it's a Mississippi State, I'll give you a dollar if you can pull your your your, your leg up to your head like DDP. No, no, not while sitting down either. You got to be standing up. 
No, I can't do that. But, right. you know, I, I didn't want to go fully on board with end zone 11. I didn't want to go fully on board with Mississippi State. I've been kind of in the middle. I feel like this season I've, I've been leaning more towards the end zone 11. Do you want to know why that is? And, and this, is a, this is not, a, you know, I'm not trying to act like anything. But because they're right. Like, yeah. well, painted I'm, end zones look better than unpainted end zones. People say it doesn't matter about the game. Well, no crap, it doesn't matter about the game. It's about the image of Mississippi State, you know? which again goes back to the branding, right? You, I mean, you're wanting to you're wanting to draw attention. I mean, like I said, ev- everybody's talking about mm-hmm. these helmets today. Yeah, D- these so, logos I mean, I, look better er, er, when they the stuff they talk about is it's just common sense stuff that doesn't cost a, a, a ton of money. It's not like they're asking for a full overhaul of of Davis Wade Stadium. It's just little things that people should be doing and should be, you know, in favor of because just common sense dictates it. So that's yeah. why it's that's why it's easy to get wins because you just do you're just doing the thing that makes sense to do. Unless and, and I'm gonna piggyback on what you said earlier. Let's give Mississippi State a ton of credit for They're doing listening. these things. They're, They're listening. The fans matter. The fans have the fans have shown they matter to Mississippi State, and I think because you have, I mean, I'm I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. I think you have a guy in there in Red Hobart who is <clears throat> Mississippi State through and through. It matters to him. He wants Mississippi State to be at its best, and uh, you know, I just uh, I disagree with with people that believe that this is the best that Mississippi State can have mm-hmm. the logo. I think there's a lot of meat on the bone there. I think there. I think you can make this a cool place to be when it comes to uniforms and and looking good. And that and as much as the the old the old timers want to say, well, I just want to win the game. This is part of winning the game. Yeah, this is part of the winning the game. You look good, you play good. Ask anybody that's ever been a head coach. You look good, you play you play good. And I promise you. This matters. This matters to kids out there that are wanting to be college athletes. They want to look good. Mm-hmm. They don't want to come out there in a raggedy uniform. They want to look good, and this uniform looks freaking good. It does. It does. So, congrats to uh, the guy. You know what? Congrats to Adidas. They put the uniform out. Good job. Way to listen. And congrats to Mississippi State, who I'm sure you know. There, there are some people who we know who they are, but they got it done. So. And we're not, and, and and just like Brian said, we're not attacking you personally by being against the banner. Mm-hmm. We just want Mississippi State to look good. Absolutely. When you look marvelous, you feel marvelous. That's what I would say. All right. Thus endeth the rant. Thanks I think again. I think it did it. I, it did its job. I believe so. All right. Tomorrow's show is three P's. Mississippi State, Kentucky, big game, big game for the Bulldogs. We'll see what happens. We'll make our predictions on tomorrow's show. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.